All right. It's the news this week. Did you ever watch The Boys on Amazon Prime? I am a huge fucking fan of The Boys. And it uh, is yes. killing me that it's taking this long for the second season. To okay. Come. Fuck yeah. I was really hoping that uh, you'd seen this and you, you were a huge fan. Because I fucking love uh, The Boys. And that same thing. I've been like fucking dying to get like any sort of a fucking like sniff of a tease of like when I'm going to get season two. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's going to be September 4th. They're going to drop the first three episodes and then they're going to go weekly for the rest of it, which I I don't understand that. Um, but I don't whatever. like that. Neither do I. Like the the appeal to a binge service for me is being able to just fucking binge the entire thing in one day if I want or spread it out at my pace. Mm-hmm. But I, <clears throat> so I think it'll be like I'll probably just end up waiting till it's all on there and then start watching it because yeah. i don't i think it's it's the first season was what only it was like 10 episodes was it even that or was it eight it wasn't many i'm just looking it up here yeah i'm seeing oh, of course uh, imdb doesn't just give you a number eight. it's eight so if season two is the same way yeah season two is eight as well so i mean three and then so that's what five more so five more weeks after that so just over a month which i maybe i'll watch it like i i don't know if like my i'm patient enough to just not watch (laughs) watch it when it comes out but (laughs) yeah that's fair it'll be it'll be really hard but yes i definitely want the ability to just binge it because that's what i did after another after another after another because that's what I think I did with the first season is like uh, a buddy of mine was like, yo, have you heard of this show? And I was like, no. And uh, he was like, yeah. And then I think it was like over like a day I watched like six episodes. And then the next morning I woke up and like watched the last two. And I was like, this is uh, that show is great. Like how they and Carl Urban is amazing. Yeah, it was it was a similar thing for me. I had a buddy who was like, man, did you see this new thing that just came out on Amazon Prime? It's pretty good. And I was up north working in like northern BC, staying in a camp. So I'd work my like 14 hour shift and come back to camp. And as soon as I got back to camp, I'd just grab a sandwich from the from the cooler, go straight to my room. And I, I did four episodes, went to sleep, woke up full shift, came back, watched the other four, like two days done yeah yeah i was the same way like it's it's such a great show and uh i fucking love oh who's the uh the aquaman ripoff the deep yeah the deep i in the first season when he goes uh and he's he's trying to free the fucking dolphin that he that he fucked and then it yeah (laughs) that whole like setup was just fucking hilarious all of his things are so like to just rip on him because it's, it's so funny because like when you parallel that to like the real comic book world right like aquaman tends to get shit on a lot right so i thought it was really funny that they went they just layered blown, like legit shit on him yeah like they just embraced it and just laid on the shit on him and was just like yeah, you're you're the fucking water guy like get the fuck out of here you're nothing and like they just totally like embrace it yeah it it's awesome I uh yeah, super good. I'm I'm just a huge fan of that uh Anthony Starr guy. Yes, 
uh i was re-watching banshee not too long ago like i was that's such a fucking good show it, yeah it's oh, it's incredibly underrated yeah like, I, it's it's my it was so upsetting when they canceled that show i know and ended it it like it genuinely oh, crushed me akin to how upset i was when they ended like entourage and californication yeah. i was pretty devastated like it was just <sighs> so good yeah and like it's it's funny because i remember you telling me about that show and i remember the pitch you gave me and i was like man what the fuck because you were just like okay so there's this show called banshee and it's amazing and i was like okay what's it about and you were like con artist that is a martial arts expert ends up in a small town takes the sheriff's identity shit happens i was like what like oh that doesn't sound good at all and then it's a wild premise yeah yeah and then i watched like a a few episodes and i was like okay this is amazing and i had the same thing happen with a buddy of mine i was like yeah yo man like you should really check out banshee and i gave him that premise and he was like get the fuck out like i'm not watching that and then he watched it and he was like dude this is amazing (laughs) yeah it was it was so good it was and so underrated like yeah i mean and granted up here like we don't have cinemax right no it's tied into hbo i think like yeah so like if you unless you have hbo you don't really get the cinemax type shows we don't have a cinemax channel and i feel like that's why the majority of the people that i tell about the show they're like i've never heard of that and i'm like oh it's a cinemax show and they're like yeah what is cinemax yeah and even up here like the hbo where it's kind of rolled into like they don't advertise the the cinemax stuff as like near as much as their hbo stuff so like the only time you ever saw like an ad for it was like it was like before uh like a sunday night tv show they would have like a little blurb like oh hey the final season of banshee is airing tonight and like that was it and like it definitely wasn't at the forefront of their marketing right so yeah not even a little bit and like i got to wonder like how tied in to they HBO. are well just because like i've seen some cinemax shows will air on showtime yeah so, and like, it's, it's like a weird split yeah and like up here um so like with telus which is uh what my parents have for cable like showtime cinemax hbo and all of that is like tied into the into one like kind of channel almost um, where like you get it all at once so i don't know i'm trying to think if showtime is under the warner brothers umbrella because i know hbo and cinemax i think are but i don't know if showtime is or maybe showtime i thought showtime was bought by someone not too long ago maybe that and maybe it was wb and that's why they have it in like packages packages now i could be wrong about that I'm guessing it is under I, the HBO umbrella because I'm looking here and I'm seeing like its sister channels are the CW, CBS, Pop, Comedy Central, MTV. Okay, so yeah, and I want to say they just bought Showtime like a few years back. Like I want to say it was fairly recent. But, but yeah, I love that guy and I love Carl Urban. Um, and I actually think a lot of amazon prime shows are super underrated like uh there's another one on there hunters with uh robert de niro did you ever check that one out i've seen it like not like seeing the show like i've seen it when browsing but i've never actually clicked on it it's really good it's really good i'm a big fan of amazon i've been an amazon prime member since amazon prime was a thing yeah 
years and years and years like yeah, even before two-day shipping was a thing yeah like i've been an amazon prime member since the beginning of it yeah. but my problem with it is they don't they don't add they don't seem to advertise very well outside of their own amazon like platform yeah so a lot of these shows like i don't even know their shows unless they just happen to have a banner ad when i'm like on amazon's website buying shit right so yeah you don't really see a whole lot of advertisement on tv and then they it seems like they've got some kind of like partner things where it's an amazon original show but they'll let it air on a certain network or they have like deals with hulu where like hulu can air some of their stuff yeah but and so I like know. other than that you don't really see a lot of a lot of advertisement for it and in such you know periodically when me and the girlfriend want to watch a movie we'll like quickly check netflix crave and amazon just to see but their movie selection is pretty pretty abysmal compared to all the other streaming services so yeah. we just do a quick browse and get off so i i find honestly i rarely ever actually log into prime video yeah to too. see what's on there unless it's a show that i already know is on there and i'm waiting yeah. like the boys for example yeah. where i'm like okay i know the boys is on there and i know the new season's coming so then i'll go yeah. back on there same with jack ryan yeah like, I, I fucking love jack ryan yeah, so good. Those were the reasons that I, yeah. I go on there. But because I don't see advertising, I don't even know the other shows they have. Yeah, and it doesn't help that their uh, like dashboard interface is pretty garbage, too. Like, I, I really don't think it's intuitive and it's very good. Like, it's it's not well laid out. And like, unless they're putting something on the front page, like the look for it on there is like kind of a nightmare um, but I think like the TV shows they have on there are super good. And yeah, their, their movie selection isn't that good except for their, um, they do have some like original movies. I'm trying to think the last one I watched would have been Manchester by the sea, which I actually think is a phenomenal fucking movie. I don't know if you ever saw it. I actually did see it and okay. the girlfriend absolutely hated it. Really? Yeah, she I, was not a fan. I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was. I'm a. I, I like Casey Affleck yeah, a lot, too. so I, I was like, okay, like what was the other one he did? Not Gone Girl. Oh, the girl first one. Um, is, gone. Uh, ben F Ben Affleck directed him. It was Ben Affleck's first director job. Um, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, that one. Like he was phenomenal in that yep. movie. Yep. So like I that's what made me a Casey Affleck fan and Yep. See, I I think Manchester by the Sea is one of the greatest movies of the last the last like 10 years. Like I watched that movie and I came out going like fuck, like that thing was that movie hit me and I was like that's a movie that I need that I think everyone should watch once and that's it because I don't know that I want to rewatch it. <laughs> no, I honestly probably most definitely will never watch it again. Yeah. It was good, but it was just like very sad and again yeah. it was one of those movies where like it was a good like narrative storytelling, but it, it yeah. didn't follow like that typical no react kind of structure, right? Where no. like they lay out the problem and then he tries yeah. to solve it, and then the last bit's like the resolution. It was kind of just like this is this guy's life, and then it ends, and you're like, yeah. guys, it, life. Sucks. It was a character study, pretty much. Yeah. Like it was like, it, which is kind of why I think I loved it is because it was, yeah, like just how. Uh, like kind of fucked up his life was and stuff like that. And I think he played a really good job. And I really liked that they ended it like most of the time you go into those movies and there's kind of like a happy ending. And then that one, like they end it and like throughout the movie, you're like, yeah, he's going to come around and he's going to like adopt, 
adopt you know is his nephew i think it was or whatever like that and at the end of it like that's totally not the case he's like no like i'm i'm still like super fucked up like i just can't do this but like pop by (laughs) yeah um but yeah like i yeah i love that movie um and then jack ryan like when you're talking about that i'm glad you like jack ryan too because i love that show I think John Krasinski absolutely nails that role. But yeah. to be fair, like before Jack Ryan even aired, I watched. What oh, was the it? Michael 13, Bay one? Uh, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Yeah, that's he was really good and in that. He absolutely. I, I went in like no expectations. I mean, yeah. Michael Bay is kind of like. Yeah, it's Michael Bay. Anyway, like, I'll, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be completely honest. But yeah. like I like that movie so much. I saw it in theaters and I was telling someone else like how much I liked it and they should go yeah. see it. But I'm one of those I get called weird all the time. I am totally fine and do it on a regular basis where I just go to the theater by myself. I've I do I've done that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I get lots of my friends <laughs> think that I'm super fucking weird oh, because no. I'll go and see a movie by myself. Doesn't make oh, any sense to me. I, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, I went and saw it by myself, loved it, told a fr- I can't remember which friend it was, but I told someone how great it was and yeah. they're not keen. They're like, it's so weird. I can't just go see it by myself. So I, I went and paid and saw it again, yeah. like in, yeah. inside of a week. Yeah. And it was still just as to me, just as good the second time round. Yeah. As it was the first time round. Like, oh, yeah. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And like uh, same thing, like with Michael Bay, like I. I love Michael Bay for the sheer fact that I've just like, I know exactly what a Michael Bay movie is before I even walk into the fucking theater or see a trailer. I know it's just probably going to be a big action set piece. There's going to be some explosions. There's going to be some really disgusting product placement that he puts in. There's going to be a lot of American flags flying. Um, And that's what I'm going to get. And I know that. And I love it Um, because I just know exactly what it is. Um, but that movie was actually like a little bit. It was a little bit more serious than like his typical action movie, um, but it was still in that same vein. But I still loved it. Like I think Krasinski was great. Yeah, phenomenal. I, I like I, Amazon is definitely. I they I think they need. Well, obviously, like you said, they first and foremost need. I'm looking at their Prime Video website right now, and it is an absolute disaster. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. Like, like they, they need they to clean it up. Yeah, for sure. But they need to get the advertising out there because scrolling through, like there are some phenomenal like Amazon originals on oh, here yeah. that I've watched in their entirety, right? Like oh, yeah. I just just started getting into Bosch not that long ago. I Bosch haven't carried awesome. on with it. I but love I was, Bosch. Yeah. But I was enjoying that. Jack yep. Ryan was phenomenal. Treadstone mm-hmm. was amazing. I never Very well Treadstone. done. Um, I don't know. It, if was, you watched... it was really, really good. Okay. Uh, I watched Upload. Um, which I actually thought was a pretty all right little kind of comedy. Um, I recently had another friend tell me to check that out. It's pretty good. Um, like it's nothing spectacular, but it's like a totally solid, like kind of eight to 10 episodes. It's 10 episodes. And I think they're like 45 minutes kind of comedy thing. Um, mm. And there's some pretty good, like one liners and stuff. Like it's pretty good. Okay, well, maybe I'll add that to the list. You should definitely check out Treadstone, though. Like, honestly, like it's it's, it's to... tied into the Born universe, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But without those characters, but it was like I went in thinking like, okay, it's going to be mediocre. But I like the Born series. I thought yeah. they were like a fun ride, so I'll watch it anyway. Yeah. And I got like right into it. 
But then yeah. I was like Grand Tour. I watch all the Grand Tour ones. Uh, Man in High Castle. Hannah. That was amazing. I, want- I am like dying for a second season of Hannah. I never checked that one out. I, I Years ago, I watched uh, The Man in the High Castle because it, was, it wasn't originally a prime video show. It was a no, Showtime or, F- or was FX. I want to say it, it got, was an FX. Yeah, it could be. And then it was canceled and then Prime bought it and then they finished yeah. it off. That's um, when I first started watching it, when it was a television show yeah, and me not too. a prime original. And then so I like, dropped that's off. That's kind of where I need, to, I need to pick back up. Yeah, I dropped off of it. It's yeah, I think similar where I watched maybe like a season on TV and then I dropped it for something else and I never came back to it, but I mean the premise was pretty I I love that when uh media does the premise of like hey, what if the Nazis won like how would the world work? Like it's always kind of a interesting thing on the different takes of it. Mhm. Um but yeah, like Prime's got a lot of good shit, um but they yeah, I, they they need some work, I think. Yeah, their their original lineup is is really good. Yeah, like did, have you seen? Have you watched any Hannah yet? No, I haven't. It's like the I remember the original movie when it came out, and I was super excited about it just because. Right. Yeah. I was a big fan at the time of the Chemical Brothers, and they scored the whole soundtrack. Fair enough. So I'm always in, intrigued when like a musician or an artist. Oh, yeah. Does a does a movie soundtrack? Yeah. So that's what, and the movie was, it was entertaining, but it was, you know, yeah. if I yeah. never see it again, it won't break my heart. But the TV series was really good. And it's okay. like the guy who plays Hannah's dad in the first season, uh, Joel Kinnaman. I'm a big fan of him. I really like him. Uh, shit. What was it? It was an AMC show and then it got canceled and bought. Uh, it was like a detective series. The Killing. The Killing. Yes. Big yes, fan of The Killing. What- that's where I first got my my introduction to him. And I yep. also thought that was great. I thought they brought it back onto a streaming platform after they canceled it. Because I did. watched the first Netflix. two seasons. Is that where it ended up? Yeah, Netflix. Because I watched the first two and then they canceled it. And I was bummed out because I quite enjoyed that. And then, yeah. and then not they that did. long ago, I yeah, recall seeing that they someone picked it up and extended it. But I never watched the final two seasons. It's Netflix, has it? So... Yeah, because I remember seeing him on it, and I was like, "Yeah, I was a big fan of him. Um, he's really good." And then he was really good in um, the other Netflix show, uh, "Shit, Altered Carbon." Yes, I thought he was really good in that too. I I did too, despite the fact I'll be honest. I think I did. There's like two episodes I didn't finish of Alter Carbon. It just kind of fell off for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then I haven't even touched the the side cartoon movie, and I haven't seen the new season of it yet either. Yeah, I had a buddy, um, like me and a buddy were pretty hot on the first season. And we're kind of excited for the second season because Anthony Mackie was coming into it. And I was like, okay, he's good. And then my buddy watched it and he was like super down on it. Like he was like, this is not, not good. And like I was never super hot on Altered Carbon. Like I watched the first season. And I was like, that was that was not bad. I liked that. Like Joel Kinnerman was good. This was kind of a cool environment. Um, but I was never like, oh, my God, like, give me a second season. So as soon as he kind of said that, I was like, yeah, maybe I just won't watch the second season. Mm-hmm. I still got to finish the first one. I've, I've become very notorious for that as of late. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, mm-hmm. well, that, was a, that was a good. long, long winded uh, <laughs> pull off of the boys premiering. Hey, it's a testament to, I guess, Amazon Prime, but 
and also like its downside because it's like you said like there's things like hannah on there that like like unless i know there's a show on there kind of like you that i know i'm gonna watch i don't i very rarely open prime to see what's there to watch so yeah, like me neither if i like if i did that more often i might see something like a hannah and go oh i'll check this out but like for the most part like unless i read an article or something where it's like hey this is premiering on prime and i get a quick synopsis then i might check it out but like yeah rarely do i ever just log on amazon prime video um and see what's on there so for the amount of money that that company has they they need to up their advertising game yeah for sure and maybe they do advertise on television because i mean honestly with all the streaming platforms and everything available via yeah. my computer i don't watch cable like the only reason we yeah. have cable at the house is because the girlfriend likes to just flick on yeah. friends reruns while she's getting ready for work kind of thing right so yeah. like i don't watch tv so maybe they do advertise quite a bit on i want to see i saw some like i want to see i saw maybe an advertisement for like hunters and the boys at one time but i don't think it was a lot no, and especially in this day and age when the audience that you're going to try and lure into that is pretty much in the golden age of like the digital era, right? Like yeah. they need to be doing more online advertisement because yeah, versus traditional because your your cable cutters aren't getting the cable advertisements, right? So yeah, exactly, right. So you're just isolating probably your biggest market realistically because yeah. the ones that are going to get a Prime membership and binge these shows are the ones that are going to like do it that way right like the yeah. majority of the, the kids in my program are all you know quite a bit younger than me yeah usually anywhere from like five to ten years younger than me yeah. but like none of them watch cable like everything yeah. they yeah. do is online right yeah and that's pretty much where i'm at now like i yeah it's like pretty much online only and yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i but. see michael keaton might come back as Batman. Batman. Did you ever think you'd hear that? No. So never. So here is kind of so the long-standing DC kind of rumor mill is. I think it was our first week. We kind of talked about like where the fuck is this DC universe going to go? Um, and a long-standing rumor for like the past five or six years has been that they're going to reset everything or clean it up with the Flash movie because they can do uh, the Flashpoint storyline. So if you're not familiar with that in the comics, uh, basically the Flash goes through time and fucks everything up and resets it. And they essentially use this storyline every time they start like a new run in the comic books or something like that. Essentially, the Flash just goes in, goes through time, fucks some shit up, and then everything's kind of reset. Okay. So that's kind of been the longstanding rumors of like how they're what they're going to do with the DC thing. And that's why you're getting like multiple people kind of playing multiple characters and none of it's like really tying together mm -hmm. um and then so this came out and said hey michael keaton might be in talks to come back in the flash movie as like not necessarily batman in like kind of cape crusader but maybe it's like an older style like aging bruce wayne that's kind of mentoring some people and well, then why not bring him back as his batman yeah, and I think that's the plan, but I I don't know that he'll actually be donning the costume. I think it might be he comes back as his Batman and with the whole Flashpoint thing, because a big thing 
in a lot of the flashpoint storylines is like the alternate like it's a bunch of alternate worlds so quite often Mm -hmm. in those storylines you'll get like a comic run where it's like there's three batmans one of them is thomas wayne bruce wayne's father because he's from a different earth where he or bruce dies and not his dad and then there'll be like another world where it's a different batman and then like your standard batman so it might be a case of that where like it comes in and it's like hey here's here's earth three that's michael keaton batman that's kind of old and maybe he's not downing the kind of cape and cowl and he's kind of uh more of a mentor thing and then Mm. i saw another article uh, that wasn't this one but said that maybe some of the rumors is that he'll set up like a batman beyond movie or he plays i don't know if you're familiar with that batman story i used to watch the batman beyond cartoons but it's honestly been so long ago so the, the premise is like bruce wayne is is like in his 70s and he's super old and he takes on someone new like a robin but trains them as batman and then he just mentors them um, okay so the like there's a new batman it's not bruce wayne bruce wayne is like the kind of old guy that hangs out in the bat cave and trains him um, gotcha. so there was a, n- another article that said maybe that was going to be the case but i this is all rumors right now like nothing's been confirmed um, but enough mm. reputable outlets like i think this originally breaked from the hollywood reporter and they're fairly fairly reputable with their stuff um whether it turns out to actually be a thing or not i don't know but i I mean fuck i'm i would have never thought that michael keaton would be a batman ever again because he was the first batman movie i watched when i was a kid and i just Mm -hmm. loved it Uh, like i love those tim burton batmans and then this came out and i was just like yeah okay yeah i'm i'm down with that and i actually think michael keaton his resurgence over the past like kind of 10 years like i think he's a phenomenal actor oh yeah there was never any doubt about that yeah so i'd be kind kind of fucking really curious how the fuck this this ends up being if this is true or not or what happens and what the fuck they do with it well i think it would be a good a smart play and a good draw for dc because dc needs to fix their cinematic universe something fucking fierce yeah um like it's it's a it's a complete and utter disaster at this point right like didn't yeah. like is henry cavill back in or because the last thing i heard was that he was done playing superman he says he's still in and he's uh there was a report not too long ago that he's gonna come back but not for like a mainline superman movie but as in something else and which kind of makes me wonder if like because right now they're kind of all over the map like they got they had the Joker movie that came out, which wasn't connected to anything. You know, they've had kind of their offshoots um, kind of ones. And then they got that Pats and Batman, which doesn't seem to be connected to anything else either. And I'm wondering if, you know, reading more stuff like this report with Keaton coming back, I'm wondering if they're going to do the Flash movie and somehow tie it so that instead of going the Marvel route where it's like, Hey, every movie connects into this cinematic set piece that ends with Endgame. Maybe they do it. where like, Hey, here's this flash movie. It ties, it does the storyline where it opens up. Hey, here's all these other earths with different versions of Batman and, and all the superheroes. And they just make movies that aren't connected 
and are just standalones. So, hey, if someone's got a really good idea for a Batman movie, if I can give it to them, even though another one came out not too long ago that was totally different or something. So I wonder well, if they're they, going to go that route. They got to think of something because they tried this tie-in thing and it didn't work. No. And it, it had the potential, but I feel like like going back to the Justice League movie, like it was just too ridiculous, too CGI heavy. Yeah. And like just, they yeah, go, just too bad. Yeah. And I I honestly think like how they've been doing it now where it's like when they did the Joker and it wasn't connected to anything. Like I think the Joker movie was really good. And um that Birds of Prey movie like seemingly is kind of connected to stuff, but it's its own standalone thing. Um I'm fine with standalones, I, but yeah. I would like to see them connect. Like, I would like to see Joaquin Phoenix enter another DC Cinematic Universe film as the Joker sure. now that we know his origin story, right? Yeah, sure. And the other gripe I have is they're also incredibly widespread over their, like, DC television universe. Yeah. And yeah. what bothers me, not about that, because, like, I like how they have the the DC television universe and how there's so much crossover, like, between superwoman or supergirl yeah. whatever it's called there and, and arrow, like the flash yeah. and arrow and yeah i like those crossover and batgirl and they all like cross over and bleed into each other's episodes but what bothers me is then when they go to try and do a dc movie where it's those it's characters like it's like it's like they don't exist <laughs> well not only that but i don't like how they use different actors yeah yeah that's true at least with the marvel stuff like uh at, at least uh, like Peggy Carter and like Coulson when they were in TV shows, like it was the same actor and actress. So at least there yeah. was some cohesiveness, but it, it, when it comes to DC, they're just like, yo, TV is TV and films are films. Like there's no, distinction. Yeah, and th- like, and that bothers me. And like, as a fan of those types of movies and television shows and like that kind of comic book world coming to the, to the screen, it irritates me. It irritates me so much. I love the guy. I can't remember his name now who played the flash in justice league. And oh, I honestly really. thought that, yeah, yeah, I thought he did a better job than the TV show flash. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but that being said, they are two different people playing yeah. the flash and that yeah. bothers me. Yeah. I, I'm with you too. Like, I think my biggest and like, if they're going to go the route of like, hey, we're just going to let anyone make a DC movie and it doesn't matter if it connects or not. And we're just going to do all these standalones. I'm fine with that. But like, give me a set fucking like plan on like what I want going into these. Like, because I don't know, like when I go to watch a DC movie, like, is this going to connect to something else? Like, I kind of want to know that. Um, so like if you're just going to do everything separately, that's fine. But like, tell the audience that that's what's what you're going to do. So that expectations are set where it's like, Hey, how come where's the justice league movie with, you know, everyone in all these movies and DC goes, well, no, that's actually not what we're doing. Like I just, they need to figure out like a firm plan on what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a mess. And even their shows are starting to get that way. Like, I don't yeah. know if you heard the news of whatever her name who plays Batwoman. Yeah. Doesn't like the shooting schedule. Yeah. Which so she, Ruby Rose. So she's leaving. I, I remember reading that. And like a part of me was like, well, no shit. Like, how did you not know how much work goes into a 22 episode network TV show? You're working like a fucking dog 
for like eight weeks straight mm-hmm. and it's it fucking sucks because you're working like 18 19 hours a day you're getting like no time off but if you want to get into that there's huge benefits because hey guess what when a cw show after nine or fucking ten se- seasons hits syndication yeah, you don't ever set. need to work again in your life like <laughs> and it's like i remember reading that and it was like okay i get that like if you didn't know that and then you got into it and you're like man this fucking blows I get that, but at the same time, like, you could, yeah. But like, so, like, that's what I'm saying. It's a mess. Yeah. Like, she's standing down, and now the the current rumors are that Vanessa Morgan, who plays um, uh, Tony on Riverdale, uh, Cheryl's girlfriend, she's in talks now to to take over. Okay. Like, possibly for Ruby Rose. Okay. But it's like, how do you do that in the TV series? Yeah, I don't know. I like I, they 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 look they're two completely different people, two completely different looks. Well, like I remember reading and like they said that they're just literally just gonna write someone new in it for however they're gonna write that. I don't know. But the last I remember reading was like they're not gonna kill off the old one or anything. They're just gonna write a new person in and write the old one out. So, which I I'm guessing is probably not gonna work all that well with the CW writing. Um, but hey, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? <laughs> they write the best. Oh, yes. Uh, but like I, I used to watch all of those CW sh- like superhero shows when they first came out. And I f- fell off of them about two years ago where I was just I didn't find them that good anymore. Like I kind of got tired of the 22 episode season where I was like, OK, some of this is really good. A lot of this is just trash failure words. Hey, this is the villain of the week um, kind of thing yeah um like where i thought it was strongest like i think the first couple seasons of arrow were really good um and wait new arrow or original arrow uh what do you mean well there's the original original arrow with the guy who was the spinoff of smallville oh fuck uh no but i do remember that did you ever watch? Okay, s- side note. Did you ever watch his failed uh, Aquaman pilot? They did one episode, and he plays Aquaman, and it was going to be a CW show, and it was only one episode, and then it did not do well. I didn't know that existed. How yeah. how how do they? And I don't understand that either. Like in some cases, it works out. Like Chris Evans yeah. going from the Human Torch to being Captain America. Yeah. There was such a time gap in there that it was totally acceptable. Yeah, but. And it was like right after Smallville, like he shot the pilot for Aquaman and you should try to look it up if you can find it. Um, but yeah, I remember watching it and like when I first read that, I was like, cool, because like at the time I was like 17 and loved Smallville, like loved it. Um, and I was like, yeah, I got more of this. And then I remember watching that pilot and I was like, oh, maybe I don't want more of this. <laughs> maybe there's a reason this is only one episode. I'll have to try and track that down. That's interesting. Yeah, because like he, he goes to play Aquaman, and it was yeah super weird because he plays Arrow on the on that. Yeah, it's... but what I mean is uh, Stephen a- uh, Amell, I think, is his Arrow. Uh, the first se- few seasons of that is really good. Yeah, I gave up on them quite quite some time ago. Pretty much yeah. after Smallville, to be honest. Although I will be. I will be completely transparent here. I uh, ended up binging and became a big fan of DC's Titans. I really liked the first season. 
really big fan of the first season and then i got part way through the second season and dropped it see now the first season i thought was better than the second for sure but i still went through the entire entire second season i really wish someone would just like give them a little bit more budget to fix their their cgi stuff like the first season oh God, when buddy yeah. was turning into the jade tiger oh fuck it was so bad it, it was, was just so bad it was like I, it was like a youtube short bad like it was like whoa like yeah um yeah, yeah. I, I i feel like they reached out on youtube to some like wannabe or like no experienced guys that are just starting to play out with CGI and they're like, Hey, do you want a job? We're not going to pay you, but we'll give you exposure. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed a lot of the, I enjoyed most of the first season. The shit I uh, thought was the strongest was uh, the Hawk um, storyline. Uh, I forget the dude and the girlfriend. I thought mm. that stuff was where I, I really liked it. Um, Thad. Yes, from Blue Mountain State. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that stuff was really good. Um, and I wanted more of that style. And then I thought the stuff with uh, Robin and all that stuff was good. And then I got partway through the second season and it just kind of got a little bit too campy um, to where I was like, okay, this isn't what I liked about the first season. Like, a lot of what I liked about the first season was it was, hey, we're going to do this darker Titan story. And I was like, OK, cool. And like, I really liked it. And I was like, kind of a nice change of pace for like a superhero TV show to not be this like CW happy go lucky kind of thing. And then well, I yeah. felt in the second season, they kind of started going that route. And I was like, oh, this isn't really. And maybe, maybe I didn't finish it. So maybe it it's not like that, but it's it finishes OK. I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping that they kind of like get back on track for the third season, but I mean, only time will tell. But I will say, like, and I, and I, I there's no way I'm the only person out there who thinks this. They need to start doing more darker, grittier yeah. DC, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, sure. like Marvel's like you don't really see blood or guts or like anything overly graphic in the Marvel because they're trying to appeal to the big audience. But then they also have their like offshoot of gambling, right? Where they do like. The Wolverine standalone uh, movie, the Deadpool like, movies, right? Uh, the Punisher show or like Daredevil on Netflix. Like those are yeah, pretty, that, pretty up there, but yeah. Yeah, but that was prior to the Disney acquisition, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like true. I was really concerned when Disney picked them up. I'm like, shit, there goes Deadpool. There goes the R rated, you know, superhero esque movies that are like, I, 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 there needs to be more gritty things. And I feel like with Warner Brothers and DC that. They're willing to they, go down that road. Yeah, if they want to, for sure, right? Like, just like their standalone Joker movie, like that was dark. It was gritty yeah, and like dark as I fuck. Feel like there's a big yeah. market out there for stuff like that. But that's why I got instantly hooked into Teen Titans because that very first episode, yeah, was Robin dark. is yeah. like, yeah, he's going crazy and he like smashes the guy's head through the window and then like yeah. drags his face along the jagged glass. It was like, yeah. oh shit, this is yeah. this is dark. Yeah, that's this what is, I love. Is... Yeah, I I I agree, and th that's what I like about DC is like they're not afraid to kind of go a little bit darker. And even if you think think back to the first Man of Steel movie, like there were some pretty darker moments in that movie too. Well, especially the end of it when he kills Zod, he snaps mm -hmm. his fucking neck, and you hear a big sonic boom because he snapped the neck of a god, and you're just like, whoa! Like I remember watching that, and I was like, okay. 
Superman just fucking snapped the neck of someone. Okay. Like they're willing to go down that route. Um, and I'm all for it, especially when you look at like, and I think the success of Joker is going to help push that because they, they can go, okay, we can make a hard R dark movie like the Joker, which was dark as fuck. Um, make these with like smaller budgets. Like they don't have to be huge. Like they don't have to be Avengers Endgame style budgets, you know, give them, give them 10, $15 million and let them make it. And turns out people will go and watch it. And Hey, heads up. It's also going to win an Oscar. Like, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I agree. I think, I think there's room for that. Um, and maybe that's what we're going to get with DC. I, I, don't think marvel's ever gonna go that that route no but as long as they keep their like side ones like it it kind yeah. of bums me out that they don't let some of their other marvel characters bleed into their like darker movies right like like they only could get a couple of the x-men-esque characters in the deadpool movies right like i don't think you're ever yeah. gonna see deadpool team up or go to help the avengers or anything like that but at least they still have those standalone movies but, yeah and I think uh, DC, for, please hire me. Like, please give me a job. I will help you yeah. work this out. Me Starting too. with your piss poor casting dis- decisions. Yes. Yes. Hire me and Tyler as the Steve Feige of DC and we'll, we'll make a roadmap and you don't have to pay us a whole lot. Yeah, no, we'll I can very, yeah. very comfortably live off a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Pay us, pay us each a hundred grand um give us studio access and we'll start kevin feige in it all day long and we'll fix your problems yeah like i said starting with casting because the one thing that that threw me off so much and dropped the man of steel from like being in my like high range of comic book movies was jesse eisenberg as lex Luthor. oh yeah yeah he was was terrible He was not good in Batman v Superman. He was the worst part of that movie. And I I understand there's a lot of circumstances where, you know, you cast someone in a role and a lot of people are like, that'll never work. That's a terrible idea. Like, I'm thinking back to when everyone thought Heath Ledger would be a terrible Joker and it turned out he's one of the best. Yeah, exactly. That being said, there are casting decisions that you make where it's incredibly apparent from the get-go, from the start, that it is not going to work. And I like Jesse Eisenberg. I'm a fan of Jesse Eisenberg. That being said, he is never going to be a good Lex Luthor. No. I don't care how good of an actor he is. No. No, not at all. Like, it's... um, Yeah. It's... um, Yeah. The casting thing they got to get right, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the DC universe, like, I'm excited to see what they do with it, but at the same time, like, I, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. huh? Said, I'm, I'm also excited to see what happens, but I don't have high expectations. No, me neither, me neither, but. Moving into the Marvel Universe. And Anthony Mackie says the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like a six-hour Marvel movie. And the main reason... I can't wait. Oh, you can't wait for this one? I can't wait. I'm so excited. I've been like dying for that and the Scarlet Witch WandaVision. Like, just put it out there already, you guys. Yeah, I'm... 
my excitement for like Falcon and the Winter Soldier hasn't been huge. Um, and I mainly put this in just because I w- wanted to get your thoughts on the Marvel Universe, which is kind of a good transition. Because um, I'm in a weird place with that where I kind of don't care what happens now. Like Endgame finished. After Endgame? You just... Yeah, like Endgame finished and I was like that. What they did there and how they ended Endgame, I thought was like a cinematic masterpiece, how they titled that shit together and how they did Endgame. And I look at what they're doing next and I kind of go, eh, I don't care. I Like to me, like Marvel's kind of almost done for me. Like I'll still watch all the stuff that comes out because I watch everything. But my excitement for it is kind of like, eh, I don't know. Really? Not overly hyped, eh? No, like I I loved all of the phase one stuff or whatever the whatever phase they fucking ended it in or whatever like that. I thought most of those movies were really good. I thought there was some garbage in there that I didn't like. Um, but overall, like everything was great. And I love Endgame. Like I thought how they tied up all the storylines, specifically Iron Man and Captain America, because that's really what that whole Marvel phase was about when you think about it. It was really their storylines or the good chunk of it. Well, I think what's going to be critical here in like, I mean, let's be honest, no matter what, they're going to be successful. But I think to like people who actually care about this universe and like those comics turned movies, I think what's going to be a a critical thing for them to pull off is how they phase out and phase in characters, right? Yeah. Not, not even new, right? But like, I think it would be a bad idea to just okay, end game is done. Everyone who played all these characters, we're just letting them go, and we're gonna hire all new actors to reboot all these characters, but do a different storyline. Like that's a not a great idea, right? No, to do a complete overhaul and reboot of it. But at the yeah. same time, you have a bunch of these actors that still want to play these roles and will continue to for a while. So I think you have to they have to start dipping into multiple comics and see like, okay, well, Spider-Man is Spider-Man, but eventually, you know, he teaches or passes down and we get like Miles Morales or like other Spider-Mans and they need to kind of like flow it like that. Right. Because Tom Holland's not going to play Spider-Man forever. No. Right. Same with like you still have Benedict Cumberbatch Uh doing Doctor Strange. Right. Yep. That's that's not what it is, is it? Yeah, it is. Yep. I get names confused. Yeah. No, it's and so like obviously there's yeah, they're still doing Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, which is still two years away. But he's obviously keeping Yeah, I'm excited for that and the new Thor Love and Thunder, right? Like I yeah, I'm a big fan of uh Chris Hemsworth as Thor. But eventually Chris Hemsworth isn't gonna want to play Thor for the rest of his life. So that's gonna have to be passed down, and I think it should be done. Like it needs to be done in a in a nice way where they phase out the older characters with like their offshoots or their younger ones where they yeah. kind of like pass the torch and then fade out and it's not yeah. just all of a well, sudden we have a new Thor movie coming out with a new guy playing Thor. Well, it's it's Thor: Love and Thunder is, is passing Thor's hammer to Natalie Portman, <sighs> I which know, they've but I... <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm not <sighs> yeah like that's why like I what I mean like. After Endgame, like, yeah, there's a few kind of things like uh, Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange and, like, the Thor Love and Thunder. Like, I'm kind of excited for those. But, like, after that, like, I'm, I'm I gotta say, like, I, I kind of don't care. Like, I kind of got my Marvel fill and Endgame kind of was like, 
I watched it in theaters. I've watched that movie like six times as like how they like the achievement in filmmaking of tying fucking like 50 movies together, whatever the fuck it is. And how they did uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers storylines and giving those really good closes, uh, closing those out. I was kind of like, yeah, that's I'm good. I'm good. I don't need any more. I'll see, and I'll I'll take all the all of them that I can get. I did, but yeah. that's under the pretense that they that they do it right. Yeah, and it's like, like I, just, I don't want to see a new Iron Man movie in 2025 where it's like, yeah, this is Iron Man, and we're going to retell his origin story, but with a different actor, kind of like how they reboot Batman every five years, right? Where you have yeah, to go through the whole rigmarole again. It's like, well, yeah. this is a slightly different Batman, but the origin story is still the same. So we're going to burn a movie telling you how Batman becomes Batman. And then Batman's still going to go fight his villains, but it's a slightly different story with a completely different actor playing Batman. Like, I, I don't want that. I don't want no. a new Iron Man movie where and someone else is playing Iron Man. But what I would like is like that nod to that kid. in I can't remember which Marvel, which Avengers or if it was oh, an yeah. Iron Man movie. Yeah. Iron where Man that kid three. helps him fix his suit. Yeah. yeah and he, he, like, he was at the funeral in Endgame and, too. So, yeah. Yeah, and right in the comic books, that kid becomes like the new Iron Man, right? Yeah, like, that's a yeah. good segue to a new Iron Man. Where it's yeah, for sure, not Tony Stark, it's so and so. Yep, taking sure. up the mantle, right? Like if they progress the story that way, yeah, I think it'll be really good for sure. And it's like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna still watch them all because I watch everything. Um, but like my excitement is kind of like zero. Like I'm just and like I'm I'm totally a like good to be pleasantly surprised. Like I'm I'm going in with an open mind, but yeah. And I got to think that they're not going to do those origin stories. And I, the one thing that says that is Spider-Man. Like when they did the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, they didn't tell his origin at all. It was one sentence as him and um, his friend were walking down the street. And he was like, yeah, so like a spider just bit you? And he was like, yeah, and that's how I got it. And that was the end of it. Because they went yeah. into it going, hey, everyone knows how the fuck Spider-Man became Spider-Man. We don't need to say this. Yeah, we just we need to maybe... Yeah, we just need to address one line of it just to fucking do it and move on. So, but I don't know. You think, so like, the, you've, I'm sure you've heard the rumors of Sam Raimi being involved in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. And then there's all those like wild, I don't know if they're wild per se, but the theories like, are because. Uh, Toby McGuire. Yeah, that they're going to. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I'm, you think there's any truth to that? <sighs> Me, I could see it with. Um, being how successful uh, the Spider-Verse cartoon movie was. And I love that movie. And they brought in all those fucking Spider-Mans and everyone loved it. And being that Spider-Man is in this weird place where it's a Sony-Marvel split and they're kind of sharing everything, I could totally see if that's going to happen, it that's the best shot it's got because it's not wholly Marvel's decision. Sony can go, okay, let's pull in some of these other Spider-Mans into kind of a multiverse Spider-Man movie. Um, I could see it. Do I think it's going to happen? Eh, 30%. I'd be pleasantly surprised, but I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath for it, but I could also <laughs> see it happening. I feel like if it's going to happen, it'll be, like a one-off, like it's a single scene where you see Tobey Maguire, where like you know, a cameo type thing. Yeah, where it's made very clear that this is Peter Parker, but I don't think you'll see Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man in the 
multiverse of madness because like isn't no. the whole reason that he abandoned the the spider-man franchise is he was like it's killing my body the green screen the wiring all this stuff like it's just he, physically too I thought, hard. It, I thought it was sam raimi that ended that like i i, I thought it was well like because he did wrong. that trilogy but i i, I could have swore i i recall reading something to the tune of toby mcguire like despite sam raimi's departure toby mcguire said he wasn't going to play spider-man anymore because okay. it was just too hmm. much for his body like being suspended by wires and having yeah. to do harness type stuff he said totally. it was just too yeah. hard I, I, that could be right i don't remember um but but also like him coming back like years later is a cameo thing kind of like the the story with michael keaton coming back i could totally see something like that maybe where he pops in for for a handful of scenes or something or an act and then he's out maybe i don't know fair enough but the rest of phase four doesn't have you excited eh no no like i i love a lot of uh everything before like there was a handful of movies that i was kind of like eh eh i wasn't like I'm not really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I thought the first movie was really good. I wasn't that f- big of a fan of the second movie. Um but apparently Thor is going to be in the third one, so I don't know. But I would be very upset if Thor wasn't in the next one yeah, given they, how they he set it up for it. Yeah, like I'd be yeah. pretty pretty chapped about that, but Yeah, like, so it's but like, I'm excited for Falcon Winter Soldier. The Black Widow movie looks good. WandaVision yeah. looks good. The Eternals yeah. looks really good. I don't know if I'm overly hyped on a Loki TV show. No, like I... I the Hawkeye I'm, series, Spider-Man 3, Thor, and Doctor Strange. Like, I'm pumped for all those. So so a few of those ones I'm fairly excited for. But, like, I'm talking, like, after those. Like, I'm talking, I, I guess I should rephrase, like, after the main kind of people from phase four are kind of done that's mm-hmm. the kind of what i mean is like my excitement oh, after okay. that like i'm i'm not, i'm i'm totally not into that like and like i said I, i'm willing to be proven wrong but like yeah falcon and the winter soldier like yeah i'll watch that um because I, I i like those characters you know the thor one i'll watch it because i think they're going in the the super right direction with the thor movies because i don't think they started off that strong um yeah, Black Widow looks kind of all right. I'm not like terribly enthused about it, but it looks good enough and stuff like that. It's but yeah, that's obviously because you dislike women in yeah. character leading roles. Exactly. It's I just yeah. hate women. That's consider yourself canceled. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hashtag cancel culture. <laughs> uh, wait, wait for my wait for my wordy tweet later on where I yeah where, where I back up everything even though I never had a Twitter account. <laughs> I'll, I'll start one to apologize for the one i never had that's probably a smart play yeah exactly gotta get ahead of it yeah exactly but yeah like my yeah my excitement is just like it's yeah like endgame for me like it was just it it felt like the perfect end like it felt like the perfect end where i was just like i don't need any more i thought they ended those stories great especially cap and iron man like how they ended both of those and how they played through their whole story arcs throughout all of the movies and how they like i thought how they took both those characters out in style i thought was was amazing and then end game was like kind of the end game for me like i was just like okay this is that's a great way to end it 
Like to me, it was a great ending, and I was like, I don't need any more. I'm willing to watch. Like I'm gonna watch them, but yeah. But if you didn't get another Marvel, anything content I'd, with where things are? Yep, that's yeah, exact. Kind of. I should have rephrased it kind of exactly like what you said. Like yeah, I'm con- totally content with n- never having another Marvel movie after Endgame. I thought they ended it great. If stuff comes out after and it's good, awesome. But like. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's where I'm at. Fair enough. But fair enough. I guess only time will tell. Yes. But in other news, what are your yeah. thoughts on all the uh, all the TV shows and stuff that are starting to scrap scrap all their scripts and stuff for upcoming episodes? Given the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I've I haven't read too much about it. Just kind of like I've seen the headlines, and I don't know. Like, I don't know that I have a thought one way or the other, other than I totally understand why they're doing it. Um, whether that's the right thing to do, fuck, man, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. We're in like strange times and like, yeah, the two big ones are Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Simpsons have scrapped like four or five of their upcoming episodes and the next season and also um the simpsons uh one of the voice actors that has been there since day one quit and said like um yeah because they have this thing where they won't let white people voice non-white characters cleveland i think from family guy also did the same thing yeah so like yeah i don't i don't fucking know like it's it's fucked up times and like i don't have a right answer whether any of this shit is the right thing to do or not, like I get why they're doing it. I totally get it. And like the only thing I would say is like, if like an actor, like a white guy that's voicing the Simpsons for like 30 years, looks at the current climate and goes, you know what? I'm going to step down. I think someone of color or ethnicity of this character should be voicing that person. And they're choosing to kind of stand down and give that opportunity to someone else. I think that that's great. That's their that's their decision. They can they can run their career how they want. I think we're and it doesn't seem like this is the case, but I would hate for it to be like, hey, you've been the voice of this person for 30 years on The Simpsons. We're going to can your ass, you know, because of all this shit happening. I think that would suck. Well, maybe this is just the cynic in me, but the first thing that always goes through my head is are they actually doing this for like altruistic reasons or, or is, are they doing it is to this face? Yeah, like like stepping down from playing a voice character that you've been playing for like, you know, like well over a decade in yeah. like two decades in the case of like the Simpsons and Family Guy, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. To step down and be like, oh, I'm doing this because this is the right thing to do given the current political climate. It's like, okay, yeah. I understand that as we all age and grow, our views and our values and our opinions change and Absolutely, things that yeah. we didn't see a problem yeah. with before we start to realize, okay, maybe yeah. this wasn't sensitive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I got to wonder, are you stepping down because you're looking around and you're like, yeah, this, what I'm doing is wrong. I shouldn't be doing it. Or are you stepping down because you're like, cancel culture is in. I don't want to yeah. be the next target. I'm just going to get out ahead of this and step down now and get yeah. the 
get the kudos and the good job instead of you know next year them going how dare you cancel the simpsons pull it off the air yeah fuck fuck man i don't know well like like, I, i would love to say like that that everyone's doing it for the right reasons and and all of that and like i said fuck i don't know well you know i can understand like the the outrage of of people being upset and going back to like the likes of jimmy kimmel and jimmy fallon for like donning blackface 10 years ago and playing characters on tv and stuff like i understand why people are, are upset about that i don't think it's right to 10 years after the fact go after someone because again people change yeah and like Kimmel's come out and he's like, look, I know it's wrong. I don't do it anymore. Like that's yeah. over a decade ago and I'm sorry. And I've apologized for it already. Yeah. So, like when do you leave it alone? And you're like, okay, hey, well, yeah. those were different times and maybe, and like, yeah, it's un- unacceptable and shouldn't, shouldn't yeah. be done or shouldn't have happened or whatever. But I mean, that yeah. was 10 years ago and that's not indicative of who the person is now. Yeah. And, and because, I, because people change. Yeah. And I kind of said, uh, I side with the part of that where it's like, stop beating a dead horse like it yeah people grow and they age and you know they get more informed you know as time goes on and they get more experience and they reflect back and go yeah shit looking back now probably shouldn't have done that uh but at the time you know because of how things were whatever it, it seemed appropriate or whatever like that you know and then that's that's where I don't like it either, where it's like the, people keep bringing it up, even though they've kind of said their piece and, you know, took it on the chin, you know, at one point it's like they've already dealt with it. They've already they've already took it on the chin and kind of made their peace with it and, you know, buried the sin or not buried the sins, but, you know, like all of, all of that. And then it just keeps getting brought up and up again. Like, I, I don't think that's right. You know, especially if someone's taken it on the chin and realized like, hey, yeah, I I get it. You know, maybe it wasn't the right thing back then. But at the time, you know, it seemed all right. You know, if someone kept doing it and doing it throughout the years or something like that. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Keep bringing it up because they're they keep doing it or whatever. But but yeah, to keep bringing it up when those people have changed and they've matured and, you know, they're responsive or responsible and you know, intelligent enough to look back on their actions and have grown enough to go, Hey, you know what? Looking back, I get it. Uh, Yeah, I get it. Um, I I just, I feel like the problem that's happening now is the lines are getting too blurry. Like, is it wrong to don blackface and try and portray a black character? Yes. I, I think that's wrong. Shouldn't, shouldn't be doing that. Do I think it's wrong that a voice actor who is, in real life, a white male voices a black cartoon character. I I don't know if I necessarily see a problem with that. And and you know, I'd love to be enlightened if if anyone out there like can educate me on why this is wrong. I could, but to yeah. me, like a voice actor is a voice actor, right? Like you look at some of these cartoons, and no one gets upset that you know a girl plays a guy's voice. No one gets upset that this guy is voicing an alien, right? Because yeah, and, and maybe though I'm just drawing too far conclusions. But then the lines get even blurrier, like they just pulled several episodes of 30 Rock and Community, and there's another show that I can't recall off the top of my head right now that had episodes pulled 
that involved blackface. And in the case of 30 Rock, I get it because that was someone donning blackface and pretending to be black. Totally on totally understandable. But in the case of community, I don't necessarily understand or agree with the pulling of that because the episode in particular they pulled is advanced is uh, advanced dungeons and dragons that episode oh, and they're yeah. pulling it because in that episode the D character that chan chang has played by kim jong is like a something elf and oh, he right, goes yeah. full bore and like right has right. pointy ears and white hair and like is completely black yeah that's right and but it's not like like when you watch that episode, it's like, okay, he's not donning blackface trying to be a black man. Like this is like jet black. This is like him being a completely made up fictitious D and D character that he's trying to dress as. And like, I don't see that as the same thing as the case of 30 rock pulling an episode because someone donned blackface yeah. pretending to be a black character. Right. This yeah. Is, this is an Asian guy who's pretending to be a fantasy fictional character yeah. like that's like but still the outrage was huge but and then at the same hand right like they're trying everyone's getting upset about that i'm honestly like just waiting for dan Harmon to come out and say something he's been incredibly silent on the matter which is kind of surprising to me yeah but then no one, no one looks over to dave Chappelle who did whiteface that's totally fine no one's yeah. upset about that you can do whiteface all day yeah blackface that's a problem yeah, it's like fuck. I don't know what I don't know what's right and what's wrong uh, in this well, situation. It, I side. I've always been one where it's like, okay, I think diversity is important because I think it's important to get different perspectives, and I think there's a lot of good stuff that can come from that. But I also am a firm believer that get the right person for the job, and yes. nothing else matters. No, I agree. And, and I was like that's where I say like yeah, diversity is important because it gets different perspectives and if you have have diverse groups then you can get those conversations where maybe someone goes, "Hey, you know, maybe that's not appropriate right now." Or, "Hey, maybe you look at it this way and get this different view." I think that's super important. But at the same time, hire the right person for the job and it 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 shouldn't matter whether they're black, white, or Asian or whatever or gay, straight, trans, like hire the right person for it. And <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. No, I, I completely agree. And I was actually going to touch on that because the other area I see this bleeding into is the huge protesting and people trying to cancel shows and movies because they have characters playing, you know, a character on a TV show or a movie and that's not who they are in real life. Like the one that comes to the two of them come to mind and I can't remember the show of the first one, but the main character was in a wheelchair and there was a big portion of people that were pissed that the actor who played the guy in the wheelchair wasn't actually wheelchair bound. And they felt that someone who actually is wheelchair bound, like a, a paraplegic should actually have gotten that role and right. not an able-bodied person who sits in a wheelchair. And I thought that's, a little ridiculous like again i'm all for you know inclusion of everyone yeah. and diversity and stuff yeah. like that but at the end of the day it does come down to at the end of the day you need to hire the most qualified and yeah. not give out jobs based on yeah you know yeah color or race or religion or anything like that and the, the yeah. other one that comes to mind is modern family and there was all that outrage because eric stone street isn't gay 
Right. Yeah. And people were furious that they cast a straight white guy to play a gay character. And that was unacceptable. And it's like, he kills that role. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone else playing that character. He does it so well. I'm sorry. He's not gay, but he, he's the best person for that role. Yeah. And it's, it's like I said, like I, I don't have the fucking right answer for this. I'm not. I'm not the guy to solve this problem. No, and me make neither, me the DC just... Kevin Feige all day long. But, but yeah, like I, I'm very much a hire the person that's right for the part, right for the job. And maybe like, and this is totally me speaking out of my ass here. But maybe where you start to fix some of those diversity problems is maybe you start to get it where people of those backgrounds, colors, races, genders sexual orientation maybe you start to get them exposure more so that more people can look at them and maybe maybe it's a case of they're really awesome for stuff but no one's ever seen them because of you know their color or their gender or something like maybe there's some work to do there and then maybe people can go oh hey actually these people are really good and then maybe they get more consideration for stuff but at the same time at the end of the day, still hire the right people for the right part. You know, if you've written a part and you're like, man, I just, this guy auditioned and he killed it. Like when I wrote it, that's who I wrote. Hire that mm-hmm. person. It shouldn't matter what the fuck they look like yeah. or what their views are like or how it is. Like if that's the person for the part, fucking hire that person. No, I agree. So, so I'm just, I'm just really curious to see what they're changing given the Brooklyn nine, nine stuff, like the, the rumors I keep hearing. And the, again, they're just like widespread rumors. Like there's yeah. no, nothing's linked or proven or anything like that, but it's like with the whole, all most of America calling for like defunding yeah. or yeah. getting rid of the police that yeah. maybe going forward, Brooklyn nine, nine won't be Brooklyn nine, nine. They won't be cops anymore. I, I, I don't know how they're going to pull that off in a, in if a television can- show. Yeah, I don't know. And like coming to the part where like they're taking episodes out and stuff like that, like I I don't think I agree with that. Um, like if something was like so blatantly like modern day, like bad, sure. Like maybe take it out. But I've also always been cited on the art is the art and the art reflects the times. Mm-hmm. you know you don't take the holocaust and that's this is an extreme example but you don't take the holocaust out of textbooks you know or you don't you know when you talk about all that stuff or you know movies from like the 20s and the 30s like them playing gone with the wind yeah and they put it back actually like it's back up now but they just have they do what i think is is kind of the the happy medium where they release it back but at the beginning they have like a one or two minute kind of like black screen with the writing saying hey look we recognize that some shit and some views about this is super fucked up given today's climate but back when this was made times were different and was it right back then no but that's what the times were and it's super not right today but here is this movie and we feel it's important to preserve this movie because of because of the art it represents or whatever. So here's a message of us saying, Hey, we recognize, we recognize it, but we still think it's important for people that want to watch this can watch it. And that's where I think 
is the happy medium. Like, don't strip it away. Don't burn it and lock it up in the in the Disney vault forever. You know, release it, but and maybe put a disclaimer saying, "Hey, look, we understand that the shit was kind of fucked up." You know, given today's context and today's climate, um, but it's still this thing. But know that going into it, know know that going into this, that you're going to be exposed to that. And maybe if you're more sensitive to that, then you get that heads up and go, okay, maybe this isn't something I want to watch myself. And you can back out. But if you want to enjoy, you know, this this film or whatever, you get that, and it goes. That's the side I go on. Um, I'm just concerned because it's a slippery slope. Like, it, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I understand the outrage in, in some instances. In some cases, I don't necessarily agree. And th- yeah. these are all just personal opinions, yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah, I'm not an expert in anything, right? And no. obviously, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of the coin. But no, totally. my concern just lies like, where do you draw the line? Like, are yeah. we going to go like are we going to go back and start, you know, getting rid of movies because they didn't have multiple genders in them? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, like, where does it end? Yeah, and that's that's the thing you were talking about is the lines are getting so blurry that. You don't you don't know where it crosses until you're over it. Yeah. Um, and that's where I I think the you know, this is my total armchair opinion. I think the happy medium is leave it be and and put that out at the beginning and let people know, hey, going into this, yeah, maybe some shit's super fucked up nowadays. Yeah, but here it is history, but don't erase the history. Yeah, exactly. You know, here it is. You know, this is going to have some things in it that you might not agree with. And if you don't agree with that or you're, you know, more sensitive to that, then you can back out and not watch that. But if you would, if you do, you get that disclaimer and, and you go, okay, going in, I know here's the history of this, whatever it was, and go from there. But yeah, fuck, man. I don't know. It's crazy fucked up times, and yeah. I am not the man to fucking give solid answers <laughs> on it about. I can sit here and go, man, I this is my armchair opinion on it. This is kind of my personal views. But at the end of the day, man, fuck, I don't know. It's yeah, and I don't envy the people that have to fucking solve these problems either. Because yeah, no, I, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck <laughs> well we're moving on to what we've watched this week yes you're so, just hyped on better call Saul, huh well yeah well i've been watching it over these past three weeks and i've been really into it and this is the last week because i finished it finally finished it off um i hate that you haven't seen it because i can't talk spoilers uh because some cool shit happens um well you know if you want to talk spoilers just do it Okay. It's not it's not like a high priority for me to watch, okay. so it could take some time. So Okay. Beautiful. So I also found out the next season is the last season. So that was good to know. But man, this new season, they are getting into the breaking bad territory. Yeah. Hard. Oh yeah. So this season starts off. The very first thing that it does is, uh, do you remember Kim, his kind of wife or girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. So they're kind of doing their own thing. And the first episode starts off. Jimmy has changed his name to Saul Goodman. That happens in the first 10 minutes. He rushes down to the courthouse. He changes bar legal name. 
He's Saul Goodman. And this season is the start of him really getting into the thick of, I'm a shady ass fucking lawyer. Starts off and he goes, I'm going to sell in one of the previous seasons. He sold when he wasn't a lawyer, when he got dis- he got disbarred in one of the old seasons. Um, so he started selling cell phones at a cell phone store. And he ended up buying a bunch of pallets of prepaid cell phones and he sold them to like all the criminals as like mm-hmm. a side hustle. So he starts off and he's like, I'm going to give everyone a prepaid cell phone with my n- number in it. And he goes out to like the back shady downtown things and sets up a booth and he's got a lineup of criminals and he's just doing the Saul Goodman thing. He's handing out prepaid phones. He goes, my number is number one. Press it. I'll be there. I'll get you out. So he's really starting to go down that road. It's a brilliant little marketing strategy. Yeah, exactly. And it really kind of showcases kind of the sleazy genius of Sal Goodman, um, where he's just like, I'm going to hand out burner phones with my number in it so that they can use these burner phones to make their their criminal calls. And my number is also in it so that when they get caught, I'm the first one they call. Mm -hmm. Um, So he goes into that and then they really start bringing in the Breaking Bad characters where Gus Spring is and Mike are really getting into the thick of doing their own thing and taking out some of the cartel. And then Hank and his partner come in for an episode um, starting to first get the whiff of like the drug cartel and the meth thing. So that gets really good. And then about halfway through the season, Saul Goodman finally becomes full circle taking on cartel business and really getting into that shit and getting in with Gus Fring and kind of some of the shit that happens with that. And that's where, like we talked kind of last week where you were like, yeah, there kind of isn't some of those breaking bad level payoffs. They started to kind of get not to that size, but like at the same time, like when a lawyer gets into the cartel and some shit goes wrong, you know, there's some payoffs. Mm-hmm. So it started getting into that. Um, and yeah, it's really good. So just full steam ahead at this point. Yeah. Full steam ahead at this point. And next season is going to be the last season. And yeah, I'm really curious where it's going to go. Cause it's like full steam ahead. Like by the end of this, he is, friend of the cartel and he's a friend of Mike and Gus Fring and starting to do stuff for them. And yeah, it's full steam ahead and I'm really excited to see where this final season is going to go. And if they're going to end it like right at the start of breaking bad, are we going to, are we going to get a Jesse Pinkman, you know, cameo with uh, Brian Cranston? Maybe. I don't know. I'm really fucking excited to see where it goes. Has there never, I guess at this point, because it's all prior to everything, there obviously wasn't any Brian Cranston or Pinkman in there yet, eh? No. No, there hasn't been any of them. It's just been Gus and Mike, and then um, this season was Hank and his partner. Because it would definitely be interesting to see a portion of the last season actually take place parallel during like the last season or two of Breaking Bad, where yeah, it's like, actually, here's 
here they come in and like it's the scene from Breaking Bad where they're sitting down talking to him, but yep. then they get up and leave, and now you get to see like what you didn't see in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, I actually think um, what I would really like um, if you're going to do a small cameo to bring in uh, Cranston and Aaron Paul. I think the perfect way to end the next season of Better Call Saul would be um, the first time they walk into Saul Goodman's office when they first meet. And maybe end the episode where like Saul Goodman opens his door and he talks to his secretary and he's like, who's next? And it's Pinkman and him sitting in the waiting room. Boom. And the credits. End it right there. Yeah, that'd be a good place to end it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I guess th- how much you would get them in. And this is if, if they bring them in for a cameo, which I got to think they will, especially after that, especially the Al Camino movie, you know, you got Aaron Paul back for that and you got Cranston back for parts of that too. You know, you got to, and I think the working relationship is such that they all love those characters. So to come in for, for a couple of days on set, I think is a no brainer. um, Oh yeah. Well, so, and like Cranston and and uh, Aaron Paul, like they're still friends. Like they have their tequila, oh, yeah. and everything, right? Yeah, like they're super tight. So I think I think they're gonna pop in. I just don't know how they're gonna do it and to what extent. Um, which is which is like why I'm super excited for this last season is just because it's it's full steam ahead. Like it's getting into the thick of it, and all of these payoffs are like you're starting to get to the tail end of all of these kind of stuff. And it's super good. Um, well, I'm excited for you. Yeah, because, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know when the new season, if they've announced a release date or not yet. But, yeah. Well, maybe that'll be the final push. That's like, OK, now I feel like the payoff will be worth the investment. And I'll sit down and binge it all. Yeah, and I mean, worst case, you could always just do the like basic bitch thing and just read the synopsis of season five. And they just start watching there. Yeah, that's true. I suppose that's definitely a, an approach I could take. But yeah, yeah, I I loved that last season, and I'm really, really anxious to see like the new season. Like, I'm way more excited about that new season than I thought I would be. Like, I always really liked it, and then like when I finished the last episode um, earlier this week. I was just like, fuck, I, where is this new season? Like, I was like, shit. Like, I, I kind of got to that point where I was like, fuck, I really want to see, especially how they ended it. Like, because I'm really curious what they're going to do with that Kim character. Because she's not referenced in any of Breaking Bad with Saul Goodman stuff. So I don't know if they're going to kill her off or if they're going to go how they're going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um because at the same time, there's really juicy storylines between her and Sal. Um, where for a lot of the show, she was kind of like the the ethical middle ground for Jimmy, where she was just like keeping him on track and like on this, like keeping him right on that line where she's like, "All right, you're going a little bit over, and that's fine. But remember, this is right, this is wrong." Mm-hmm. And then when it gets into these later seasons where Saul Goodman is like really getting into the thick of like, okay, this shit is shady. He starts to really rope her into that world and her law stuff gets like more and more shady to the point where it's like, she's doing some really shady stuff in like legit law cases. And the season ends with like 
and it's the last like 15 minutes is like such a great monologue and scene between the two of them is because he has this realization after a big uh fucking piece where a bunch of people die with the cartel and he's in the middle of it and he's going through shock and he sees her going down this shady dark road that he was down on and he doesn't want to go down it anymore he's like i'm out i'm done being with the cartel i'm done being a shady lawyer i want to go back do my own thing but he's pulled her in enough or she's she's on board she's like no 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 let's let's do the shady stuff and he's like and he doesn't want to anymore but now she wants to because he's pulled her in and it's re- it's a really good dynamic and it's yeah it's really good hmm. so yeah but yeah i didn't think i would end that season and just be like itching for like man if if the other season was available i would have just started it right then and there yeah that's the unfortunate part about network television yes um i've definitely become far more akin to the <clears throat> the netflix and disney plus and prime stuff where it's like i can just watch all of it yeah i'm the same and i'm also a big fan of the 8 to 10 episode seasons now i don't think anything should be mm-hmm. any longer I don't know about that. I feel like Californication could have been like 50 episodes a season. I would have been right okay with that. True enough. Um, But I think for the most part, I don't think anything should ever go over 8 to 10 episodes. Everything should be 8 to 10 hour long episodes. Yeah. Unless you're a comedy. Unless you're a comedy. Well, that's the key there, right? Like we're talking hour long episodes, right? Like if if you were to take Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is 22 minutes long and only do eight episodes, like I would feel pretty oh yeah for sure and that's where i think the network model of like 16 or 22 episodes for comedies i think still works um i think everything else should just be eight to ten hour long (laughs) fair enough so the topic of things that i'm super excited for yes scott pilgrim script read for charity that's going to happen next week okay so i had no idea about this because i've never seen scott pilgrim you've never seen Scott Pilgrim. I'm not. I'm not a Michael Cera fan. I, I'm really not a fan of him, so I never watched it. Oh, but you just hate Edgar Wright. I don't hate him. You, um, you didn't care for Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. They were all right. Oh man, man. Oh man. Oh man. Scott like a, Pilgrim is one it, of those movies that is so far ahead of its time, in my opinion. Like I've it was that. just. It's it's such an amazing and unique movie. And even if you don't like Michael Sarah at all, that is fine. But like that whole movie, just the way it was shot, the way it was filmed, the story and how they do things where it's kind of like a movie. But then at times it's reminiscent where it's like it's a video game and then other times it's a comic book and then back to being an actual movie. And oh, my God, the list of people that were involved in that movie are just like some of my favorite people of all time. So like they're, they're going to sit down and they're going to do a script read and they're bringing back like almost everyone who is involved with that movie. Like Sarah's coming back Kieran Culkin's coming back. Anna Kendrick, Alison pill, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jason Schwartzman, like Ellen Wong. Like they're bringing all the people who are in that movie back for a massive table read for charity and i am just beyond excited because hmm. 
I don't want to say it's it's not one of my favorite movies of all time because like I I can't put it on a definitive list. Like I can't say it's in my top five or my top ten because there's so many good movies out there. But I will say it is still one of my favorite movies, and like I've gone back and just like watched it just because I don't know. I I enjoyed that movie so much. It was just so unique and so different. And I think Edgar Wright did an amazing job. And like, I would kill for another Scott Pilgrim movie. It was that good to me. And a lot of it, but I, to be fair, a lot of it is um, the music, right? Like we've talked before about how like a score for a movie really sets the tone and can make or break a movie. And the whole, the whole soundtrack for that movie was just phenomenal. Cause it's very like alt rock, which is probably my favorite genre of music and a lot of the a lot if not all of the songs that were written for that movie were done by um oh man beck really yeah and there's even a couple of songs in there that are actually um that were written and performed by metric which i'm also a big fan of metric like those are two of my favorite alt rock artists and both of them had a hand in the the soundtrack for the movie it's just phenomenal i I can't believe to this day you've never seen it i I can understand you maybe not being excited for the table read but the fact that you've never seen that movie just blows my mind no and like it's always been like a cult classic list sorry i've got a really bad cough right now Uh, (laughs) but it's always been like a cult classic list that i never like my friend's been like oh this is super amazing and I just like never got around to checking it out because I was like, eh. Michael Sarah never has done it for me. But now I'm kind of thinking maybe I should check it out just to check it out. Um, if you're singing this high praise on it. So dude, it it's phenomenal. As far as cult class, if I had to make a list just of cult classic movies, it would easily be in my top five. <laughs> maybe even my top three. My number one obviously is gonna go to clerks. Fair enough. Yeah. Because as far as cult classics goes, Clerks was Clerks was just amazing. True. No, I might have but to check that out because go 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 watch this movie like in the coming weeks here. Because I, I I mean we we have different tastes, but we also have very similar tastes. And yeah. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised going back and watching this movie. I think you'll be like, oh, I can't believe I've never actually sat down and watched this before. And I feel like you'll enjoy it to the point where you might actually get on board and be excited for the for the table read. I'm on vacation for the next two weeks, so maybe I will watch it. Nothing but time. I think you should watch it. Phenomenal. I can't like it's so unfortunate that it didn't perform as well as everybody had hoped. But again, I think it was just one of those movies that was like compared to the movies that were coming out in the same year, because this was all the way back in 2010. It was just so weird and different and bizarre. And I, I don't think it like performed super well. It didn't win a bunch of awards or anything like that. But it I'm was... doing a flex dump later this week, so maybe I'll add that to my dump that I'm doing because I'm gonna do like a filthy download for it. So <laughs> do I it. Will, I will add it to the list. I will watch it Definitely. for next week. Definitely one of my favorites. I'm gonna rewatch it before the table. Hmm. We'll talk more about that after. I got an idea. Okay. <laughs> but I uh yeah. I I'm I'm down to check that out. 
I think you'll like it. Even if you don't like Michael Sarah, the rest of the actors are are pretty pretty phenomenal. I'm looking at this cast, so like I don't like Michael Sarah. I love Anna Kendrick. I love Allison Phil. Audrey Plaza is great. Mary oh, she Elizabeth killed it Winstead. in devs. Yeah. Sorry for throwing that out there, but she killed it in devs. Yeah, I, I uh, devs is going to be one of the next TV shows I watch. I'm going to watch the new season of The Sinner and that. But yeah, it like this movie has. I, I call them my my three A's. They're my favorite female actresses, and it's Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, and Allison Brie. And it's got two of my three A's. Huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm down. Do it. Okay. So the next one you want to talk about, Moneyball. I'll be honest. Yeah. Haven't seen haven't seen Moneyball. It, I like Jonah I. Hill. I like Brad Pitt. Haven't seen Moneyball. Because yeah, I, I don't was... overly care for baseball. Yep, me neither. Um me neither, but I was the same thing where like I had never seen it before. But I saw it on Netflix and I was like, man, I love Brad Pitt. I really like Jonah Hill, especially when he's not doing comedy. And I was like, I don't like baseball, but I like statistics. Uh, so I'm going to check this out. And I watched it and totally solid movie. Totally solid. Yeah. yeah like uh, it won a bunch of awards. And yeah. wasn't Jonah Hill nominated for yeah. his role? I think, so. um, I think he was. I've I've heard mm-hmm. good things, but I just I've never sat down and watched it because, like I said, like I yeah, don't he was not overly. Big. He was, yeah, okay. I wasn't. I'm not overly a big fan of of baseball in one sense. Like I don't watch baseball on television. I've actually been to um, a few like live MLB games. Like I've gone right. and seen the Mariners, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, and like right. watching baseball live is a great time. I, oh yeah, yeah. That's what we had an MLB. Yeah. Yeah, if we had an MLB team that was local to us, I would probably oh, go and sure. see a lot more games. But yeah. considering in Canada we have one team and it's over on the East Coast, yeah, I don't watch so, it a lot, right? But I'm the same way. And like the baseball is kind of almost the backdrop of the movie. Like it's it's about baseball, but it's it's about him and Jonah Hill kind of making this really crazy way of picking players and how it ends up working. Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of baseball in it, but, um, at the same time, like there's a lot more of just them than there is baseball and it's really good. Like it's, it's a totally serviceable movie. Like I didn't have any expectations for it. And I was like, this is really good. I could totally see why Jonah Hill was, uh, nominated for this. Like he was really good in it, um, for like a supporting smaller role. And Brad Pitt, I mean, was amazing as always. Um, but yeah, fuck, I watched it and I was like, I like both these people. What the hell? I'll watch this. And, uh, turns out that it's actually pretty good. Definitely worth a watch. And that's, so that's the whole premise is they team up to try and come up with a new way of picking players to bring up to the big leagues. So yeah, the premise is like Brad Pitt is used to be this, uh, athlete that tried to be a major league ball player didn't work out so he became a scout and then he ends up being the general manager of kind of like a c-tier baseball team that's working with super low budget like they got 30 million dollars to buy players whereas like a big team's got like a hundred and he's talking with the owner and he's like man 
we can't win with this budget. Like we need more money. And he ends up meeting Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill goes, Hey, how people pick players in baseball is super flawed. If you look at the stats for the, all these players and you combine them into this model, all these guys that cost like a hundred thousand dollars or $200,000 actually have better stats. And so Brad Pitt gets into it and he looks at it and he's like, huh? And he's kind of at the end of his line where he's like, fuck it. Let's just try this, this model with this kid from Yale. That's, this is his first job. And so they do these stats and modeling and build a whole team around like aging players and stuff like that. And this is all a true story too, um, which is really fascinating. And they do it. And it's kind of, that's the story of how everyone is just like, man, you guys are stupid. This is never going to fucking work. And they do it. And it doesn't actually work at the start. And then like it starts to work and work. And then it's like kind of the story of this uh, or how it's working. Um, so that's kind of the general premise. And it's actually pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, totally uh, worth a watch. You know, I wouldn't like put it at the top of your list. But like if you're browsing something one night and you're like, yeah, I like Ben or not Ben Affleck, uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Throw it on. It's it's not a long movie. I want to say it's like maybe just over two hours. Um, and yeah, totally solid, totally serviceable. Hmm. Well, I'll add that to my Netflix queue next time Lindsay and I are going to pick a movie. Yeah, it was actually the first thing I pulled out of my queue in a really long time because uh, I was just browsing it the other night starting vacation and I was like, hmm, Moneyball. I remember this, like <laughs> a, lot, a lot of talk being about this and I was like, this is in my queue. I was like, I'm just going to kill this out of my queue. And I watched it and I was like, oh, that was actually really good. <laughs> well, my movie queue right now is it's all over the map. Like, I've so got some really weird, weird stuff in my queue right now. Yeah. I'm just trying to fucking bring it up here. But movies, where's my where's my queue? Well, let's pull up mine, too. Oh, so here's mine. As some of these I've pulled out. But Icarus, collection. That, that biking documentary, the doping one, I really want to watch that. The Highwayman I got in there. How is that my only movie in the queue? Colossal. That was the last movie from my queue I watched, which was actually oh. a pretty interesting movie. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Mm, I don't think so. It's Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, and she's like an alcoholic train wreck and her boyfriend kind of has enough and kicks her out of, out of their apartment, like breaks up with her and tells her she needs to leave. Cause she like just goes out and drinks and doesn't really like work. Okay. Yep. So he like, he like boots her out. She moves back to her hometown to her parents' old house, which they still have, but it's yep. empty and vacant. So she moves into her old family home okay, with yep. nothing in there. Where oh, yeah. She runs into Jason yeah. Sudeikis. Who's like an old friend from high school and like, He's like super charming and like really nice and helps her move and gives her a job. And you're like, oh, what a great guy Jason Sudeke is. And then what ends up happening is like she ends up getting like blasted because she works at his bar. He owns a bar. She ends up getting tanked like every night with him after work. And she always walks home through this park. And when she walks into like the sandbox part of this park, whatever she does causes this like giant godzilla-esque character to spawn in seoul in south korea fuck 
And so she doesn't, she's not aware of it. The next day she sees news reports and this giant creature shows up out of nowhere and topples some buildings and smashes some streets and then just vanishes. And then she realizes like, oh shit, that's me. Like I, something happened where when I'm in this park in this area, I summon a giant monster on the other side of the world. I'm not gonna lie, this is, out, this is not going where I thought you were it was gonna go when you first started describing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's super bizarre. You'd have to watch it. Like I don't want to give spoiler yeah, yeah. Anyway, but then you like you start getting into the nitty gritty of it and then Jason Sudeckis doesn't turn out to be who he who you think oh, he is. Yeah. It's 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 pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But it was actually it was weird but watch. enjoyable. But yeah. Speaking yeah, not in, a bad watch. It was just something that we came across on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh, I remember seeing the trailer for that." Yeah. So speaking of Netflix lists, I uh, watched some Hyperdrive on your recommendation. Um, not much. It's like the first episode or the first half of it, the first episode. And yeah, I really dig that. I'm totally gonna watch the rest of that. Um, that show had me in the preview. Um, I queued it up, and it showed like some of the stuff that they were gonna go over during the seasons, mm-hmm. and uh, one of this. There was like kind of some sort of a ramp thing where it kind of goes up and then down or something like that. Oh, the giant teeter totter that's eight stories high. No, it wasn't some. It was something different. Um, and it kind of had like a little bit of a lip or something like that. Um, and or he it, jumps his car onto it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, something that's, like that. That's it the teeter totter. There's a ramp, so when you get there, you have to pull up to a red light and stop. And there's oh, like a okay. gate that stops you from driving onto this. It's a it, what it is. It's eight story oh, yeah, high yeah. teeter totter, yeah, yeah, right. and you have to stop at this red light. And then when, when it, it goes, goes green, the gate drops that connects like the road, the ramp to this yeah. teeter totter, and you drive on it. And for whatever reason, the the guy who uh, entered the competition from Japan just yeah. was like, "Look, I'm gonna go," and he goes, and the ramp was down all the way, so he yeah. ends up jumping yeah. over it and landing so on this. This teeter totter. Yeah. So when I first started the episode, like I saw like the 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 preview where it was like all this, and it shows like people going up and stopping, and then the ramp like fully coming down, and then it's basically this equivalent of an Asian guy going, "Yo, hold my beer," <laughs> and just you just see him get air, and like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "I am hundred percent all in on this show." <laughs> well, yeah. When you start watching it, you'll see that it's not just going up this ramp and oh, then bringing all it the down ocean. on the. It, well, it's not just that, but this ramp in particular, it's not so much as like driving up to the top so it teeters down on the other side and driving off. They have to drive up yeah. so that the weight starts coming down and then they have to go in reverse and kind of make their way to the center and they have to yeah. balance it level for 10 seconds. Okay, so it hasn't got to that part yet. I, I'm only like halfway through the first episode. Like I usually just throw it on when I'm eating. So I'll, I'll watch like 10 minutes or something and then do that but i'm i have a feeling i'm gonna end up binging it one day and just watching it all um, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. was really good netflix has been killing it with these weird shows we started watching um the floor is lava last night <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that show too i saw a preview for that and yeah like a lot of yeah that's they're kind of killing it with a lot of these weird shit like weird car shows or or like weird ass documentaries or something like that. Like they really kind of got a good niche for that where it's like, Hey, here's this weird ass competition show or this weird ass fucking documentary. Um, and yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not complaining. So in, in my queue right now, and I'm sure you've probably seen a portion of these movies. I haven't yet, but like the Irishman still haven't tackled it. I really like the Irishman, but I'm a huge Scorsese um, fan. So 
a lot of people didn't I am like too. it. And if you're going to watch it's, it, it's long as fuck. It's like three hours. Well, so fuck that's what's been stopping me from watching it is it's like, I know that it's like three hours long. So it's kind of like, it's one thing to sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to watch this 90 minute yeah. movie. It's another thing to be like, hey, yeah. I need to carve out three hours. You could probably stop it halfway through and pick it up again another day. It's like long enough where you my could OC, probably my OCD wouldn't allow for that. Fair enough. Mine usually. Yeah, fair enough. But it's it's That's like I've go ahead. I was gonna say like my OCD wouldn't allow for that. Like I've never um walked out of a movie. Like if I start a movie, I'm I'm in it and I watch it till the end. Yeah. If, if it's something that I'm putting on at home, if it doesn't catch me in the first like five, ten minutes, then maybe I'll be like, ah, maybe I'll come back to this and I'll switch it up. Right. But yeah. like once I get past a 10 minute mark in a movie, like You're committed. I'm, I'm watching the whole thing. Yeah, fair enough. It's good. It's long and it's Scorsese. So yeah, you're probably going to like it or you're not. Um, I was a big fan of it, but. Well, and some of these movies have been out for a while and they're really well reviewed. I just have like, I still want to watch Anna, which is like some sort of like Hitman movie. I never saw that one. The female character. Um, I got my music movies that I haven't watched yet being yesterday, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. I've seen all of those and they're all pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, well, and then there's the big ones. I haven't sat down and watched Detective Pikachu yet. I haven't watched Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I haven't watched Ford v. Ferrari or The Good Liar. Okay, so I haven't seen Detective Pikachu. The Spider-Verse movie is amazing. It's such a good time. Everyone has told me that. I yeah, still it's such a good time. Um, Ford v. Ferrari is awesome. It is awesome. I like both those actors. These, these are the weird ones yeah, that are just sitting sitting on yeah. my list. Oddly enough, looking at it, I have quite a few. Um, oh, man, what's his name? The guy who, who plays Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Guns Akimbo, Escape from Pretoria, and Swiss Army Man. Oh, yeah. Sitting in my list. Yeah, that's as well a as a whole, whole bunch of other ones, including some like older ones. I never actually watched um birdman i never actually watched whiplash oh, and those are Bird, both like birdman very- is really good birdman does what 1917 did where they do the illusion that it's all one shot and okay. it's phenomenally done because it takes place in basically a small brooklyn theater and it's got a rock star cast and it's awesome i do remember seeing a lot of the videos that came where he was filming the scene where he walks through yeah. Times Square yeah. in his underwear, yeah. and every and like nobody in Times Square knew that that was happening. Yep. Like those aren't actors in the background; those are like real people real who were just yep. Yep. visiting New York and Times Square, and all of a sudden there goes Michael Keaton walking down the street in his underwear, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, and Whiplash is an amazing film. I fucking love Whiplash; it is so good. It is. I like. I, I'm a big fan of Simmons, so that's why it's on my yeah. list. But and I really like um, Miles Teller too. He's pretty good too. Um, I I watched one that I didn't. It was a movie that I remember coming out, and I was like, nah, never really cared about it. And then I think it was over the holidays, Airbnb, and we were just kind of sitting around like the like me and the in laws, 
watching stuff and we're like, oh, let's watch this one. And it was, I don't remember the title of the movie, but it was Miles Teller where he joins um, like a, a firefighting crew, not like firefighters, but like oh, wildfires. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know when you're talking about I've never seen it, though. And it was based on a true story. That was an amazing movie. Like, I was kind of like, I kind of kicked myself for... That one had had Josh Josh Brolin in it, didn't it? Yeah, Josh Brolin and the other guy that I think is an amazing actor and is incredibly underrated, Taylor um, Kitsch, who played David Koresh. That guy. I don't think Taylor Kitsch is underrated. I think he's... Very, very few times have I looked at him and been like, man, you're a good actor. Really? Everything I've ever seen him in, I'm like, I like this dude. He's a good actor. He was amazing in Friday Night. He absolutely crushed it in Waco. Waco, he was really good. Waco, he was really good. I'll give that. Everything I've seen him in. I I think the only one that I don't overly know if I completely cared for, and it's not that it was a bad movie by any means, was that weird, weird one where he like jumps planets. John Carter and Mars. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was about the only one. Yeah, but everything else I've seen him in, and he was also in this, this like firefighting movie. Yeah, and he absolutely killed it in that role too. Yeah, I've I've got that movie on my Plex server, and I've been meaning to watch it. It's just one of those ones I haven't got around to it. Um, but yeah, I, I like Miles Tiller, and I really am excited for him in the new Top Gun movie. I'm way too excited for that new Top Gun movie. <laughs> I. I'm going to wait and see. I, I don't know how I feel. I'm so fucking 100% on board with that sequel, especially after seeing the trailers. I'm like, fuck yeah, give me this. Give me this. Especially with all those. Uh, and maybe it's like just because I'm a slut for like really good aerial shots and stuff. But some of the shots with the jet fighters, I was just like, oh, my God, sign me up. I'm going to watch this in IMAX. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't believe you're not a big fan of Taylor Kitsch. Like, I'm just looking at his movies. It's like True Detective, phenomenal. He was, 21. He was terrible in True Detective. He was I awful. Dis- I disagree, but that's the, to each their own. But he was amazing in 20... No. Yes. He was amazing in 21 Bridges. He crushed it in Waco. Only in The Brave. That was the movie I'm talking about. I thought he was he ter- also did. I thought he was not getting an American Assassin. Really? That I loved him as that like bad guy character. The only good thing phenomenal. about American Assassin was Michael Keaton and that cool shot where the bomb blows up underwater. What you didn't you didn't think he was good in Lone Survivor? Oh yeah, okay, he was not bad in Lone Survivor. So he, what about okay. Savages? Uh I thought that whole movie was garbage. I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie, but given what it was after coming out and seeing it for what it was, I still uh, think he did a really good, good job playing. So here's here's what I'll say about Taylor Kitsch. I think I think he is at his best when he is not the lead. That's minus yeah, that's a, that's minus Waco. Minus Waco, because uh, well. And uh, yeah, he was kind of the lead in Waco. So I would say if you strip Waco, kind of, he was he was definitely the lead in Waco. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I would say other than that, like I would say he's really only good when he's like a supporting bite sized pieces. That's fair. I can see that because definitely his his better roles are when he's not the main character, with the exception. Of like you, Waco. you look at Savages, and he's kind of a main character. And I, I, I mean, I thought that movie was 
terrible. And I went in thinking it was going to be totally something else. And then like 20 minutes in, I was just like, man, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Um, well, that's probably just because you absolutely hate Oliver Stone, clearly. I mean, I re- I like that really shitty Alexander movie he did. I have no idea why. <laughs> the one that's had so many like directors upon directors cuts it's such a bad movie but and i don't know why i like it and i i really like the wall street movies i enjoyed the wall street movies um other than any that gi- any given sunday like that's a classic oh, yeah. oh of course of course and you go back like platoon also good now like how does anyone ever hate on natural killers yeah fair enough but i can't say that i've overly cared for any of like the newer stuff he's done like savages was mediocre snowden i I actually really liked i really liked snowden he didn't direct snowden though oh yeah he did i thought snowden was really good i did too but i just i think snowden was so good because i think joseph gordon levett is incredibly underrated for he is super and i think I don't think he's underrated. I think he's just, he's super selective on what he picks. Like I heard um, he was on a Dax Shepard's podcast and he was talking about how he started to get super selective with his work and he only does stuff that he cares about. And that's why he bailed out of 30 rocks sooner than his contract was up. It's because he didn't want to do it anymore. He was starting a family and he was like, I've made so much money off 30 rock that I'm good. I don't have to work. So he took like two years off, raised his kids. You mean third rock? Or third rock, yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. I was like, I don't recall him being in thirty rock. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he was, and then he went back to school and he like raised his kids, and then after that he was like, I just he takes on projects that he he likes. So like he did, like it seems like he's not he's not acting for a living. Like it seems like he's good on the finance front, so he just does stuff that he's interested in. And I think that's why when you see him, he's not in a lot, but when you see him in something he is usually pretty good because he's got that ambition where it's not like, Oh, okay. I need a paycheck. It's, I just really want to do this role. And I actually think, uh, what was that movie he directed with Scarlett Johansson? I actually thought that was not bad. Oh, the one where he's the Brooklyn guy with a, with a porn addiction. Yeah. Like I thought, I don't think he was super amazing, but I thought for like him kind of directing and maybe writing it, um, as like his first time, I thought I was like, that's not bad. I just I that movie was very hard for me because I like I like he's one of my favorite actors honestly yeah. like thinking back yeah. to it like I think he just does phenomenal work and I'm a big fan yeah. of Scarlett Johansson too and I Julianne Moore. I could not handle her Brooklyn accent during that Oh movie. god, yeah, okay. It it's, drove yeah. me off the wall. Yeah, it was, it was fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. But I think the other thing that he, you don't see him do a whole lot is because he's got all of that music stuff going on. He's got a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like he's, he's got, got that whole record thing that he does. Right. Yeah. He's got a lot of other stuff, not in film going on. So I think mm-hmm. that's that he just, if he sees a project that he, that he's interested in, he gets excited about it and he does it because he wants to do it. Not because it's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta make some money. It's like, he just does the shit he wants to do. So I think that's what makes him really good is like, he's not doing it for the, as a job he's doing it because it's a passion right yeah well and and he picks some like great movies like he was phenomenal in the batman movies he was amazing in inception 
the yep. one movie I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for because I don't think that many people really saw the movie was 50-50. That movie was such a ride for me. I don't remember if I saw that one or not. It's him and, and Seth Rogen. Right. And his yeah, character yeah, yeah. in the show ends up getting cancer. Right. That's so it's right. like their friendship and how like Seth Rogen is trying to be mm-hmm. a supportive friend as he deals with with a cancer diagnosis also anna kendrick plays his therapist oh i just watched something with seth rogan not too long ago oh long shot with him and charlie's theron i was pleasantly surprised i quite enjoyed that one yeah me too i went in like thinking like oh this is just gonna be um kind of like your generic kind of rom-com kind of thing and then i was like they got great chemistry and with seth rogan's comedy i was like this was really good Mm -hmm. and had some really fucking like gut laughing moments or I was just like, I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, like fuck when they, um, when they released the video of him jerking it in front of the laptop <laughs> <laughs> and he just jizzes all over his beard <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Charlize Theron is watching it with like their press people. And she's like, Oh, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I was like, oh, this is a nice little like rom-com comedy thing. But then again, I'm also a sucker for rom-coms. So. That's fair. They're not normally in my wheelhouse, but there's the odd one that comes out that, that yeah. surprises me. Yeah. So yeah. what is this that you added? With your- Vivarium. I have have no you idea. seen this? I have no idea what it is. Oh, man. I don't know whether to tell you to watch it or to tell you to avoid it. Uh... So... <laughs> you'd have to watch the trailer and make a judgment for yourself i saw the trailer and oh I was like this looks intriguing and like the whole premise is okay yeah it's I'm um, gonna watch the trailer right mogan now. you're okay it's a mogan poots and uh jesse eisenberg and they're like in that stage in life where they're like together and they're like oh let's get a house we'll together a house, kind of yeah. thing so they they stumble across this place that sells houses, and the guy's like, yeah, I'll take you there. It's this new up-and-coming neighborhood, da-da-da. So he takes him out there. They do a tour just to kind of humor him. They get weird vibes from him, but they decide to go look anyway. Yeah. And then just like all of a sudden, this realtor disappears. And they, they're like, what? Where did he go? And like this neighborhood is eerie because all of the houses They just identical. pulled a baby out of a cardboard box in the street. <laughs> yes so they try to get out of this neighborhood and they can't like they literally go up every street they decide to pick a direction and just jump fences going straight north the entire time and they're and raising they just, this kid out of the box and, and by the looks of it yeah so after they can't get out of the house and they try to burn it down the, a box shows up at the front door and it's like raise the kid and we'll release you you can go free so they have hole? to raise this this kid in hopes of getting released from wherever the hell they are. Huh. And it's super, super bizarre. But that trailer had me so intrigued. So I sat down and watched it. I didn't mind it. It was kind of like, by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, nah. the girlfriend absolutely hated it. She was very, very mad at the end so of the movie. I finished the trailer and I'll say my first thoughts is hard fucking pass. just because yeah i don't know like it just looked way too fucking weird but okay if you're saying there's something to it it, no that's what i'm saying i don't know whether to recommend watching it or or don't because it was just such an oddball like you know sometimes you just come across a movie where you're like this This is is super weird and 
bizarre but and strange that I'm going to have to give it a go. Yeah. Okay. So that, like, that's how I ended okay. up watching it. But like, okay. or it's just like, I, this is so weird and fucked up that I'm just, I'm just going to sit down and watch this for its entirety. Good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I've been like, there. Spoiler alert. Cause like, yeah, just probably don't. Yeah. Don't watch it. So spoiler yeah. alert for everyone out there. But like after they get this baby, they find this baby's, grows at a rapid rate so like in the span of like two weeks it goes from being a baby to being like a seven-year-old and then it's like really weird it like can mimic voices so it runs around the house like exactly replicating his voice and things he says and like and he's super against it so at one point he tries to like lock the kid in the car and starve him to death but then it's like yeah that's where it starts to get weird because Mogan Poots wants out of there and she doesn't like this kid either. And throughout the whole movie, he keeps calling her mom and she corrects this child. Uh, I'm like, I'm not your mother. Don't call me your mother. You're not my son. Da 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 da. But then as the movie progresses, she kind of like grows a connection to this kid uh, and starts thinking like, okay, maybe he kind of like is my son. Oh, but then the whole thing turns out. It's like some kind of, alien plant like that's why you see him dig a hole he hears something so he starts digging a hole and he digs deeper and deeper and the deeper he digs this hole the sicker he starts getting which leads you to believe like it's something in the ground in this atmosphere because it looks like earth but it's clearly not earth and eventually gets to the bottom of the hole and he discovers a body bag and it's a person in a body bag but then whatever this sickness is causes like he's got no energy. He has trouble breathing. He's starting to get like weird bruises and sores on his body. It's like his body's decaying until like one day she, he just dies. He just kind of closes his eyes and that's fucking it. So she tries to figure out what this thing is and then she ends up chasing it. And somehow it like lifts up the curb as if it's a, a rug and like crawls under it. And she, yeah, she ends up getting under there and she starts falling through all these like, Oh, what the fuck? parallel dimensions where she starts seeing all oh. these other people in the same situation like a guy and a girl who end up coming out here trying to raise this kid okay, so and really she sees like places. oh yeah it goes like super weird and so like she's falling through the floor and melting into the carpet and just passing through all these dimensions where she sees like at one point she sees a guy killed himself in the bathtub because he couldn't get out of this place and a woman who ends up committing suicide because she can't leave. And then like, it doesn't really give you a whole lot of closure other than the fact that like, it's, it would appear that they're on some sort of alien civilization and it's aliens that kidnap people and bring them out there to raise their children as a way to observe how normal humans behave. Kind of like leading up to like, we need to know how humans are so that we can, cause we look, we look like humans. They can kind of like, do some kind of invasion thing and then she eventually uh, ends up dying and this kid who is now like a full-grown man at this point even though only like three weeks has passed yeah. ends up putting her in a body bag and dumps her and her husband or boyfriend who are, who died jesse eisenberg who died a few days earlier dumps them in the hole that he was digging buries them up gets into a car drives into town and goes into the realtor office where this whole thing started and that realtor turns out he was also an alien raised by humans. And he watches this outpost where they basically lure couples in to do this experiment. And he ends up like 
killing the other guy puts him in a body bag and then like you can hear his bones break as he like rolls this thing up like a yoga mat puts it in uh, a filing cabinet and then takes a seat and it's like okay fuck? yeah so now he's gonna sit there and he's gonna wait for the next couple to come in and he's gonna lead the couple into this alien planet where this couple is now gonna be trapped to raise a kid and the whole cycle is gonna repeat what the fuck it was so fucking weird but i i like jesse eisenberg and I love Amogan Poots, so I was like, yeah, oh, this, this seems they're, intriguing. They're both good, but I will say after seeing the trailer and hearing that premise, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, don't. Like I said, I'll never watch it again. And yeah, it was one enough. of those things where it's like I felt that it was a bit of a waste of time, but, but what, yeah. I, was ar- I was already yeah. invested, so I was like, I need to see how this plays oh, yeah. out and what is happening here. I've done that where you're just like, you know what, this just looks weird and bad and kind of fucking out there but you know what i'm gonna give a shot anyway and then you just like end up watching it and then at the end of it you're just like man what the fuck like yeah why did i do this but at the same time you're just like yeah well you got to do that once in a while i think <laughs> yeah well, I, I tried to i tried to give it the benefit of the doubt based on the yeah. actors because like i don't know if you ever saw roadies no oh man they only did two seasons and then it got canceled because they just didn't have enough viewership but i feel like it's akin to like freaks and geeks and those types of shows firefly where it's like it's ahead of its time so it doesn't get the viewership it gets canceled and then years later people discover the show on streaming platforms and they're like really good yeah how did i not because that was a good show too right Right, you never saw it but the whole premise is she's a roadie on tour with this band and it her i think machine gun kelly ends up coming in later on as like a main character but like she's the main character and um luke wilson oh yeah i remember seeing like press coverage and trailers for it before it came out and but i never ended up checking it out well it was really good because they did kind of what like entourage did like you know how entourage would oh they would bring in a random like actor actress into the show and they'd oh yeah i'm going to film this movie and you never heard of it and then what's that so they do that with like musicians kind of thing instead of actors yeah yeah, they bring in music because every time they make a stop on this like tour, they would bring in a new opening act for the main band. Oh yeah, and it would be smaller musicians that you're like, oh, I've never heard this person before. But then you would look it up, and you're like, oh, that's that's a real musician. That's a real band. Okay, yeah. Huh. And it was kind of like that. So I, I I like that little like connection, right? Like 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 yeah, I said, yeah. Entourage did yeah, that yeah. really well, where oh, they would talk yeah, about yeah. a movie that they were filming, and you'd be like, I've never heard of this movie. And then, you know, a few years later, that movie actually comes out and you're like, oh, yeah. that actually was a real movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, all I got to say on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Got to miss Entourage. Me too. Hashtag bring Entourage back. <laughs> yeah. Make give, it happen. Me an entourage, give me an Entourage movie every year. Exactly. Make it a yearly or, thing. Even, even if it's just an HBO special. Yeah, or give me a give me a, if you won't if you're done with Entourage HBO, if you really won't bring me another movie or let me just have a bonus season, then at least give Ballers the same treatment. Give me a yeah. Ballers movie. Yeah, well, I, I think Ballers is still going strong. So it's over though, is it? Yeah, I man. The last, one more no, no, nope. That was the final season that finished airing like three or four or five months ago. Oh fuck. I didn't know that. Yeah, that show's done. Oh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. And what an amazing final season it was. 
Yeah, it was super good. I would I did not know that was the last season. Fuck. Yeah, man, it's done. Sorry to break Shit. the news to you, but that was Fuck. it. It's a wrap. The other day, I was actually just thinking. I was like, I wonder when the new season of Ballers is coming on. I can answer that for you. Never. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Hashtag Ballers movie. Make it happen. Yeah. Bring it back, please. Give me a movie. I like. I've. They left it on such a good note that like I don't. I don't really feel like I need any closure, no. but I would still love to see a movie. I don't know. Like that. That is definitely like thinking back on it now. Like not knowing it was the last season, but now thinking back, like, yeah, no, they totally ended it like on a, uh, on a good note. Like, yeah, you don't need any more, but you totally could have done more. Hold on. So you, when you finished that season, you didn't get the feeling it was over. No, that was the only reason I knew. Cause after that season ended, I was like, that feel like they wrapped everything up. I'm like, Oh no, did they, is this the last one? Did I not realize this? Like, this well, is it, them tying tying the bow on everything and, and shutting her down. And I went and I seeked and I looked it up and it was like, yeah, no, that was the last season. Like as soon as I finished that season, I was like, I feel like that was the end. I, like I definitely and, felt like it was tying everything up, but at the same time, like I, I also got that feeling on a few seasons of Entourage where I was like, okay, but I didn't think it was done. But yeah, like I definitely had that same sense where I was like, okay, like this, like they're tying everything up, but I totally thought that it was just going to be like, yeah. Huh? Shit. Hmm. Well, fuck. Well, that's, uh, that's about all I got for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, other than I'm sad that ballers is gone now. Yeah. But... Sorry to deliver that heartbreaking news to you, fella. No, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess, uh, we'll catch everyone next week. Later.